everybody. Welcome to the initial episode of our podcast, Social Security Talk. I am your co-host, Mark Kiner, joined by the guy in red, Jim Blair. Hello, Jim. Hello. Jim and I, we own a company called Premier Social Security Consulting. Our focus is twofold, to help folks across the country to understand and to maximize their Social Security benefits. Additionally, we educate advisors across the country, and we focus on situational Social Security in our eight-hour educational class and how to ask those probing Social Security questions. Advisors that take our training have an opportunity opportunity to take a test. After they pass the test, they earn the National Social Security Advisor Certificate, joining about 2,500 advisors across the country that have earned our certificates so far. I'm an inactive CPA. I sold my CPA practice back in 2012. It was the best decision I could have ever made. Tax seasons, as you may or may not know, are extremely stressful. And after doing taxes for 30 years, I was just not able to continue any longer. Jim, talk about your time with the Social Security Administration, please. I believe you worked there for approximately 35 years. Pretty darn close to 35 years. You know, sometimes that was pretty stressful, too, but uh, maybe a little different than the CPA end of it. Did a number of jobs while I was there. Started off as a service representative. That's that smiling face you see when you walk in the front door. Uh, they generally help people already receiving benefits. So maybe they're missing a check, uh, changing their address, received an overpayment notice, just all kinds of reasons for them to contact the Social Security Administration and get something taken care of. Moved into the claims taking part of it, took claims for retirement, survivors, disability and health insurance for about 10 years, uh, moved into the management end of it. Did a number of jobs there, operations supervisor, management specialist, uh, but spent the last nine years as the district manager of the Piqua, Ohio office. Piqua, Ohio is a nice little rural community about 30 miles north of Dayton, Ohio. And it kind of points out the fact that regardless of where you are, there's a Social Security office fairly close. If you need to visit it, it's there. It's open five days a week. It's the most accessible government office out there. Jim, it's really fate that we're partners together in this venture, isn't it? That is true. Now, as I was um, getting a little along in the tooth preparing tax returns, I was getting more and more questions about Social Security. I did not know who to go, who to, go to for answers. So back in 2008, I bought three books on the topic. I read them cover to cover. And I ended up with more questions than answers. Social security is not necessarily a difficult topic or uh, program to learn and understand. But I'll tell you one thing, folks. It is difficult to learn social security from a book. There are just too many different types of benefits, different types of percentages, different rules and regulations that relate to uh, what is available out there in terms of the social security program. So I knew I could not offer social security consulting services and my accounting practice. So one day I was in a local restaurant called the Rusty Bucket. I kind of think it might be maybe more regional or so, but it's kind of like a, 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 a TGIF across the country. An attorney walked in, somebody I'd known for approximately 10 years. 
And on a hunch, I just asked him if he could educate, if he knew anybody who could educate me about the Social Security program. Well, he told me his uncle works for the Social Security Administration and that his uncle is going to retire about uh, three to four months later. You all know by now his uncle ended up being the guy in the red shirt, Jim Blair. Jim and I talked in 2009 at the Smoky Bones restaurant in September of that year. Jim flatly turned me down, didn't you, Jim? Well, that's true. You know, the plan was just to retire and spend my days out on my boat fishing. But you can't fish every day. Some days it gets cold. So I'm a fair weather fisherman, I, I guess I would have to say. Uh, while I still do get out there occasionally and get my line wet, uh, I still talk about Social Security on occasion. Because why? Because that's all I know. And, and and then that's good for me. You know Social Security so well, which is so exciting. Jim and I talked a few more times in 2009. And then in 2010, we decided to go into business together. That's when we set up our company, Premier Social Security Consulting. At that time, our focus is pure and simple to drive up and down the highways here, I-71 and I-75, talking to advisors that I've known for a long time as a CPA. I have a lot of contacts out there. Talk to them about Social Security so we can do consultations for their clients. In 2013, we evolved into an education company when we created the National Social Security Advisor Certificate Program. So, Jim, I remember early on, maybe, you know, we, we formed our business in 2010. I remember maybe a year, maybe two years later, we were in our office uh, on, on Mentor Avenue in Norwood, a suburb of Cincinnati. And we were talking about, you know, it, it's been, it was tough at that point, uh, getting uh, enough business to do consultations and make a living at it. We were not certain if we should continue the business or not. Do you remember that conversation we had? I do. It was a little tough back then. And that's because people really didn't understand at that point the advantage of knowing someone that knew about Social Security. They thought they could just take care of it themselves. And I think over time, people have learned that uh, it, it's a program. It's a huge program, a lot to it, a lot of different types of benefits available. And you don't want to make a mistake and end up losing money. You don't want to find out several years down the road, hey, I could have done this, but I didn't. And so I lost maybe several thousand of thousands of dollars. Uh, we want to make sure everybody receives what they're entitled to receive and they receive all of what they're entitled to receive. Jim, I was look, I was kind of thinking about a different aspect of why uh, we weren't certain if our business was going to succeed, even though you do bring up a very good point, no doubt about that. But I I realized it does take a while to build a following. And we were going up and down the highway. I was going to many marketing shows through the Ohio Society CPAs. Whenever we, you and I were able to give a presentation, we did. But it was really difficult at that point to build a nice referral network. I talk to advisors all the time. Some advisors only want to make a living doing social security consulting. And I tell them it's really difficult to do that. And, and that's because it takes a lot of, it takes a while, two, maybe three years, maybe four, to really build a nice referral base where you can, where you can get referrals from financial advisors, insurance agents, 
CPAs, enrolled agents, so forth and so on. And that the business does, does not just come overnight. It really takes a while to build that up. So you and I, Jim, we receive referrals all the time now from contacts we established way back in 2010, all the ways up to now, because we still continue to to do presentations for organizations throughout the country, either virtual or even or or in person. And so we we've built up a nice referral network over that time period. And that's why we do get a, a whole bunch of uh, referral business because of that. So, Jim, in the class that we teach, we focus on two things, uh, situational Social Security and how to ask those probing questions. I, I think, Jim, about five years ago, but don't quote me on that. We came up with the term situational Social Security, maybe five, maybe six years ago, because we know that there are 70 million baby boomers out there approximately, you know, depending what article you read, it could vary a little bit. Two of them, just so you know, are in front of you. Me, I'm uh, I'm going to be 67 in, in February of 2023. Jim, I won't indicate your age. I don't think you want me to do that. Yeah, hey, I, I, I'm old. What can I say? But you know what? It beats the alternative. So that's what I'm <laughs> happy sure about. It sure does. That's right. But with 76 million baby boomers, boomers out there, people, situational social security really means that everybody has a different situation uh, that's unique to them. Jim Blair, he's the guy in our company that does all the social security consulting for us. Uh, Jim, if you meet with 10 married couples where they all have the same options available to them. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. They all have something a little bit different. <clears throat> We're going to look at uh, couples that are close in age, both have a good solid work history and they're just going to file off of their own work record. We have other couples where one individual worked, the other one maybe stayed at home and didn't have such a good work work history. So they're going to draw uh, a retirement and maybe a spousal benefit. And then maybe there's children involved. They could have minor children, disabled children, uh, could have an ex-spouse in their past, a deceased spouse in their past. There's all sorts of different situations out there that uh, just uh, everybody's is a little bit different. And that's why we teach our class. Jim, before we talk further about situational social security, Let's tell everybody what exciting news came out yesterday, which was, I, I know you're not supposed to give dates when you do podcasts and radio shows, but what the heck? October 13th of 2022, what came out yesterday? Well, that uh, announcement for the upcoming cost of living adjustment, among other things that changes that Social Security has, but that's the big one. That's what everybody was looking for. Uh, it's the biggest one we've seen in 40 years since around 1982, and we're looking at an 8.7% cost of living adjustment. That means everybody on Social Security uh, will receive a, an 8.7% COLA adjustment. But you know what? It's not just people receiving Social Security. If you're age 62 or older, you get that COLA added to your benefit, even if you haven't filed yet. So that's exciting for a lot of people. We get a lot of folks calling us when these announcements are made and they say, should I go ahead and file? So I get this nice big cost of living adjustment. And the answer is no, you don't have to, you get it, whether you, you filed or not, as long as 
you're age 62. The year you turn 62, COLAs start getting added to your benefit. It's amazing, Jim, how many advisors ask us that question, even those advisors that we've educated. You know, another question I'm getting from our advisors, Jim, about the COLA is somebody wants to begin their benefits, let's say October or November this year. Should they begin their benefits October, November, or December of this year, or should they wait until next year? And how might that affect their opportunity to get the full 8.7% COLA increase? Well, people are interested on in when to start the benefits. And that kind of goes along with what we talked about before. People don't want to make a mistake. You want to make sure you do it right. Now, the good news is that one's a pretty simple answer. And we can tell them, doesn't matter when you begin the benefits, you'll get the cost of living adjustment. What's going to affect the amount of your benefit is your full retirement age, whether you start benefits before that, on that date, or even wait till after that date. But the the filing date uh, isn't of concern for that cost of living adjustment. You know, I uh, I turned age sixty two on February twelfth of two thousand eighteen, so I've been getting call adjustments ever since then. the The one the year I turned sixty two, sixty three, sixty four, sixty five, and of course the current one. I'm currently sixty six. So beginning, and that's a good point, Jim. Beginning at age sixty two you will get the COLA increase if you're receiving a benefit or not. That is correct, right? That is correct. Now, I'm not going to say how long I've been getting cost of living adjustments, uh, but let's just say I got quite a few of them under my belt. So uh, it, it's it's always nice to get the cost of living adjustment. And at least this year, not it's not going to get eaten up by the uh, Medicare uh, increase and the, the Part B Medicare premium, because that's actually going down. And that's the first time that's happened for many, many years. So people will get their 8.7% COLA. And even if they have Medicare, they'll see a little bit more in their check because of the reduction in the Medicare premium. And that was really good news. Jim, you and I have been talking about what the Medicare Part B premium might be for 2023. And kind of midway through the year or so, I kind of started to read some articles that the Medicare premium for 2023 for Part B might be coming down. And in actuality, it came down, what, 5 to 520 a month? I think it's 510 or 520 a month. Uh, I think it was 520. It came down from $170.10 to $164.90, I believe. And change. I got it. So two things are happening, folks, for for, for Social Security recipients uh, that will be, be receiving benefits in 2023. Number one, they're going to receive a nice 8.7% increase uh, for COLA. And number two, their medical premium is coming down, which is really nice. Jim, are you currently receiving Social Security? I get a little pitiful check. Uh, I say pitiful because... I'm a civil service employee, and I'm subject to this wonderful provision called WEP, the Windfall Elimination Provision. So when I worked at the Social Security office, and this always surprised people, I didn't pay into Social Security. I paid into the civil service program. And as a result, mine isn't all that high, but I do get a check, and I always look forward to it. And uh, it helps pay for my Medicare, and it helps pay for a few other things. I began my Social Security, folks, in June of 2022. I was born in 1956. 
That means my full retirement age is 66 and four months, which equates to June of 2024. I'm single. Nobody's going to collect off me when I'm gone fishing for the final time. And as a result, I, I, I decided to begin my benefits at my full retirement age. That was June of 2022. A lot of people Jim, would disagree with my decision. They may say, well, you should have waited until um, 868, 69, maybe 870. Because we all know that benefits do go up for delayed retirement credits all the way up, to, up until 870. So a lot of people say maybe I should I should have done that. But Jim, I have a, a good, you know, I, I can I can use the money, pay estimated taxes. I can also pay off some bills. I just bought a new car. I've got some loans to pay off. I can invest the money. So for me, Jim, it made a lot of sense for me to go ahead and uh, begin my benefits in June. And so I always look forward to the third Wednesday of each month, don't I? You do. And that's the important thing about Social Security and the decision that people make. What's good for you isn't good for the person sitting next to you. So when somebody says, you made a mistake. You shouldn't have filed at full retirement age. Well, you did what was best for you, and that's what everybody needs to do. We want people to maximize their Social Security benefit. Now, technically, maximizing means you wait till age 70, you get the most amount of money. But we want them to maximize Social Security within their particular situation. And that's where situational Social Security comes from. Everybody's is different. And what's best for you isn't best for your neighbor. You have to do what's best for you. So getting back to married couples, Jim, uh, it kind of depends on a lot of factors, doesn't it? When is this, uh, do husband, does the husband wife, are they both eligible for social security benefits? Uh, how close in age are they? You know, uh, do they have any young kids? Like you said, Jim, that reminded me of a client that we had uh, several years ago. Joe and, and Luann, do you, do you remember, Andrew and Luann, do you remember that, them? Uh, yeah, uh, they, they were a couple and, and they had some, uh, there was a difference in their, definitely a difference in their ages and there were some young children involved. So that's what we were helping them look at. Do, does uh, Andrew take his benefit right away at 62 so his children and maybe his wife can get a benefit? Does he wait so he can get a higher benefit later, but then the children don't receive necessarily uh, at that point? So lots of things for people like that to take into consideration. Jim, let's talk briefly about spousal benefits. When does a lower or when is an, a lower earner eligible for a, a spousal benefit off the higher earner? What needs to happen? Yeah, Social Security looks at a term. It's called primary insurance amount. Well, so people understand exactly what that means. That's your benefit you receive at your full retirement age. And you have to take the higher earners primary insurance amount or full retirement age benefit, and you divide that in half. And then if the lower earners full retirement age benefit is less than that number, then they're eligible for a spousal benefit. If they never worked, then they're going to receive half of the workers full retirement age benefit when they reach their full retirement age. But it's going to be based off of the higher earner's work history and the lower earner's work history. We have to look at both of those. So, Jim, if I'm married, let's kind of get a few laughs out of that. If I was yeah. married again, my wife, for my wife to receive a spousal benefit off my work record, record, I need to be, get, I need to be receiving my benefits, right? 
Absolutely. A spouse can't receive off of your record until you actually file for your own benefit. So if I decide to, if I'm at full retirement age and I decide that I'd rather wait to age 70 so I get the DRCs and all that and the highest benefit possible, possible, my wife won't be eligible for a spousal benefit off my work record until I'm age 70, four years later. That is true. You have to file for her to receive off of your work record in that case. But good news is, if she has a, her own work history, she can file off of her own work record. Well, folks, you can see Jim and I, we can talk forever when it comes to Social Security and related matters. We are good at that. We teach an eight hour class called National Social Security Advisor. We teach that class three ways, live in person, live webinars and taped on demand to to learn more about what we do. Please either send me an email, mkiner, K-I-N-E-R, at mypremierplan.com. That's mkiner at mypremierplan.com. Give me a buzz. My direct line is 513-218-8505. And also go to our website to learn more about our classes and what we have to offer. Our website is www w.premier without an e at the end that is premier nssa.com that's it that is Sam, nancy sam sam apple say that 10 times jim that's premier nssa.com so periodically jim and i will record these social security talk podcasts you can see we have a whole lot of fun when we talk about social security matters. Additionally, we will have guests on our webinars from, from time to time, which we'll talk about not necessarily uh, specifically social security, but some interrelated types of concepts and, and topics. Jim, any final comments you'd like to make before we zoom out of here for the day? Just uh, thanks for uh, checking out our very first podcast. And hope to see you in the future. We got lots to talk about and lots to cover. So for now, this is Social Security Talk saying over and out. Bye. Bye. <laughs>